Raz. Guess what time it is. It's time for Nerd Nebula. Nerd Nebula, episode three. We're back after quite a bit of a time gap between the second and third episode. But we're here. We bit of a hiatus. Life finds a way to throw a spanner in the works. But we're here and that's all that matters. Absolutely. A lot of stuff has happened since the last episode, Jacob. A lot of stuff. But before we get into all the fuckery that we're going to talk about, (laughs) um, I would just like to take some time to pay respects to the man, the legend, the icon, Stanley. He he was a great man that helped shape the childhood and the moral foundation of an entire generation, if not two, pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I know so many people that have been influenced by his creations and by the stories that he helped that he helped create and publish and everything like that and just he he's one of the greats and he is no more and that is very sad it's very sad he uh passed away on november 12th of this year 2018 and when i heard the news i was sad yes but not that sad because the man has had achieved so much throughout his life that I think he was just it was his time to go. I mean, he was ninety-five. I mean, yeah, it was something we had to sort of prepare ourselves for, and especially yeah. with his health scare earlier this year, and then it turned out he was fine. It was sort of like, well, we should probably start thinking about that. Yeah, should probably get used to the idea that Stanley isn't going to be with us for much longer i mean the man has has achieved more in 10 years than most people achieve in their entire lives so you know yep it's really hard to um feel sad about the passing of someone so great when you know all their life has been achievement after achievement i mean he definitely wasn't someone that left things undone yeah i actually saw a facebook um comment saying that stanley didn't die he just achieved everything he set out to achieve which i feel like that is an apt description of the man he achieved everything he wanted yeah and more and more Uh, he saw the rising of an empire that he helped build yeah yeah like how many people can actually can actually say they've like done that yeah he lived an incredible life and he has touched so many people and not inappropriately. <laughs> uh, and that's the most important part. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but all I got to say is Stanley may have passed away, but his legacy will go on for years, decades, maybe even centuries. Time will tell. Time will tell. But now let's get into the discussion topics for episode three. Yep. With Halloween, of course, Netflix brings out some uh, shows for our enjoyment, some Halloween-themed shows, which I haven't seen until, like, two weeks after Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about them now. (laughs) Better late than never, Jacob. Yep, motto of my life. (laughs) Now, I'm assuming you're familiar with Castlevania. Oh, yeah. Play the games. I've tried watching the Netflix series, but I found it a hard watch at the time when I was watching it. I keep meaning to go back and watch it, but I, I, I don't know. 
what in particular didn't like catch your fancy? Is there anything that like you could put your finger on and say, I didn't like this or I didn't like that? It was nothing like that. It was more, I wasn't in the mood for watching it when I tried watching it. It, oh, it right. wasn't what I, it was good. I can definitely tell that much. But I found it, yeah, I, I wasn't in the mood for All right. gore and violence and horrific demons and stuff, which normally I am, so. <laughs> That's a bit out of character for you, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. But I would fully recommend watching it if you're a fan of the game series or vampire lore or hell, even a good horror action series. There's a I like 12 all of episodes- those things. There's 12 episodes out as of yet. The first season has four episodes. The second season has eight. And uh, what I really liked about the second season is that it focuses a lot more on Dracula. Yeah. I would say more than half of the season is dedicated to Dracula. Good. Sounds cool. Not to say that Trevor Belmont, Alucard... And I can't remember the um, girl's name, Silpha. I'm probably pronouncing that extremely wrong, but the uh, mage. A lot of time is dedicated to building up their characters, but Dracula really steals the show on uh, this one. You actually go behind, see, like, why he hates humanity so much, more than just they killed his wife. Yeah. One of the two characters that I really liked from the second season is um, Hector and Isaac which are two humans in Dracula's court and are helping him destroy humanity because they too hate humans that much. Throughout the course of the uh, season, one of them, I'm, I'm not going to say which, has a bit of a change of heart and that creates an interesting dynamic with the other one and with Dracula and his other um, vampire generals. Mm. It's, an, it's a very interesting watch and I fully recommend when you have time just binge it out uh, smashed out in one night i might have to i'm i'm waiting for a nice stormy night to watch <laughs> it i think well it's gonna be a bit hard now since we're entering summer yeah but... yeah i think i may have missed my boat on that one the other one and this one i didn't expect to like this much like it honestly came out of left field for me is um a reboot of um sabrina the teenage witch <laughs> Yeah, this one caught me by surprise as well. I thought I'd uh, check out the first episode to see how cringy it would be, to see how how much I like the uh, original series it would be and whether or not it would fall flat. And I found I couldn't change it. I was like, oh, I'll give it 10 minutes, see how cringy it is, and then carry on. And no, it was really, really good. And then I ended up sitting down and watching a couple of episodes the other night. I keep finding myself wanting to go back and finish the series, which is always a good sign. The show, which now actually borrows the name of its comics counterpart, The Chilling Adventures of um, Sabrina, it's a very dark take on the original show. It's more akin to the actual comics. As I was watching the first episode, I was actually thinking, let's create a uh, drinking game where every time someone says, Hail Satan, take a shot. (laughs) And, And you'll be drunk by the halfway mark. And what I found most interesting is that it's in the same universe as fucking Riverdale. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, which means it's tied into the universe of Archie. 
the Archie Comics group published both Archie Comics and Sabrina. Ah. So, yeah, they're building this shared universe, and um, a minor character from Riverdale makes two appearances in Sabrina. Yeah. Which I think is really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I, I'd, uh, I, I can't wait to get to the bottom of it. Because I never watched much Riverdale, but the, the Riverdale that I've watched was reasonably interesting. Like, it, I don't think it's, for me, a show that I'd go back and be able to binge watch. But, you know, if, if, it, if it's on, I'm not going to object to it and turn it off sort of thing. Riverdale is a very teen-oriented show. It's teen drama with a bit of, like, supernatural mixed in. Because, yeah. obviously, it's in the same universe as, like, Sabrina, where witches are a thing. Yeah. But they don't stray too far into the um, supernatural. But now with, uh, like, Sabrina being in the in the uh, picture, maybe they'll introduce more concepts of, you know, magic and stuff into um, Riverdale. Yeah, I wonder. Because, I mean, it would definitely make the show a lot more interesting and gear it towards more of an actual proper adventure, like, say, like, The Goonies. And maybe eventually have a crossover episode like they do with um, Arrow and Flash. Yeah, yeah. That'd be an interesting one. I actually watched the entire season, and remarkably, it's one of my favorite shows of the entire year. I did not expect this at all. Like, this came out of complete left field for me. Yeah. But there was another show that I watched, and this doesn't have to do with Halloween, but it came out at around the same time, and that's Daredevil Season 3. Oh, this was probably my favorite season of it so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, but... this is probably my favorite Marvel show on Netflix, period. Oh, yeah, e- easily for me. While I enjoyed all the other ones, they all had their their shining moments and their bits that made it watchable or bingeable in some cases. Um, I found that Daredevil, being the original, just has that magic to it. It it it's in- extremely well rounded, and there's a lot of uh, lore and history in the the Daredevil universe, focusing specifically on Daredevil. Adding all the others in for, like, the Defenders and stuff was all well and good, even though the Defenders kind of fell a little bit flat. Like, the action sequences were great. The acting sequences? Not so great. A lot of the um, stuff that was hyped up with um, the Defenders show was just kind of fell flat. First of all, it should not have been eight episodes. No. It should have been half that. Yeah. A story focused on the threat of the hand and them coming together, seeing that there's a threat that they can't take on individually and then just fighting the hand. But they padded it out with shit that no one cared about and it showed the um, ratings for it uh, were low and it's the lowest rated Marvel show on Netflix. For your big crossover event, that's not what you want. Yeah, that was meant to be the big moneymaker and the big uh, unifier between all the different fans and get the fans from each one into the other one. And yeah, it just did not work. It doesn't surprise me that when Daredevil Season 3 started, 
they talked a bit about like the hand and Electra, and then they said, so you know all that shit that happened, fucking forget it. We're just gonna focus on Daredevil and Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't mention any of the other stuff for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, like there was a couple of little snippets of... There's a couple of little snippets of mention, but then it was sort of like just brushed under the rug and, you know, it still happened, but we're not acknowledging it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that was such a good move. Yeah. Yeah. Because it actually let Daredevil come face to face with his arch enemy. Wilson Fisk was one of the reasons why I was glued to my seat watching the season. Because he's a bad guy. And uh, he does terrible things, but he has such presence on the screen and has so much fucking charisma that you just can't help but, like, you can't help but want to see him win. Yeah. But then it changes to Daredevil, and you're like, fuck, I want to see him win now. Actually, I want to see them fight. And at the end of the season, you actually do. And it's one of the most satisfying moments in recent years that I've seen. And the way it actually ended, somehow it worked well for both Daredevil and Wilson Fisk's character. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I found it was it was really nice. Like, the writing was really nicely balanced. So it didn't lean towards either, either side. It humanized Wilson Fisk instead of just being this big bad evil corporation guy. It showed that he did have feelings and emotions. He had his reasons for doing what he was doing. Yeah. But he was very twisted in how he went about the things that he was doing. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is probably the best portrayal of Kingpin that I've ever seen. It's better than any of the comics. It's better than the Spider-Man uh, PS4 game, which that was that was pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, Wilson Fisk wasn't around for that long in that game, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a prologue thing. But yeah. one of the things that pissed me off about the season, and there's not many things that pissed me off about the season, but the character of Karen Page. Yep. Holy shit, is she fucking dumb. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Foggy... Is better than how he was in season two. He is growing more into his own character and being yeah. able to do stuff on his own. But with Karen Page, every time she tries to help, it feels like it fucks up the situation more and more. And I think that was intentional, though. I think they tried to portray that while she's trying to help, she doesn't know how to help. And her way of helping is not necessarily how anyone else would have gone about it that flashback episode yeah. brought a whole lot of stuff to light that i sort of i don't know if they could have done it any other way than that that style of flashback episode it really brought to light why she is like she is yeah and it also made it, it humanized her a lot more because you realize that she, she's still just making the same mistakes and like making the same habits over and over again and made her a lot more relatable rather than sort of like jesus christ she's just a two-dimensional plot device i mean i get what you're saying with like how she was written that way but a character who is deliberately annoying is still annoying oh yeah i'm i'm not debating that <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> she was a low point for the uh, season for me like 
most of the times when she was on screen, I was just thinking to myself, why are you here? When she said she was going to, like, go away because of some shit that, like, happened, I was like, good. And then she decided to, like, stay, and I'm like, ah, here we yeah. go again. Yeah, it made it a wee bit difficult. I really, one thing I really loved about the, the show was watching uh, Bullseye, watching his character progress from being a goody two-shoes to realizing that he's not a goody two-shoes to watching just the decline of his mental state and yeah. watching him just turn into this evil character. Oh, it was magical. That was probably the best there was you could hope for the... of something like that. When Point Dexter's backstory it was being revealed with Wilson Fisk reading his like reports. That whole sequence of how it was shown, that was cinematic genius. Yeah, like, showing Wilson Fisk like walking through his memories. Yeah, that oh, was that was such a cool idea. It, and it paid I, off. It paid off. It was done remarkably well. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm looking forward to Point Dexter becoming bullseye fully in uh, season four if that ever ends up happening with how marvel shows are doing nowadays yeah we'll have to see i think season three did well yeah but then i think iron fist season two and luke cage season two they both did okay not yeah, great um, but okay and then they both get canned within a week of each other it wasn't to do with uh, ratings, at least not in the case of Luke Cage. In the case of Luke Cage, from what I've read, was that there were a lot of um, there was a lot of bad blood between the um, writers of Luke Cage and Netflix. Uh... The writers wanted a ten episode series so they can like wrap it up neatly, but Netflix was saying, "No, nah, we need thirteen episodes because that gives us more money with views and clicks and all that." yeah luke cage got cancelled due to um creative differences right basically um the writers were unhappy cast wasn't happy netflix wasn't happy so they decided to like pull the plug that's a shame because that, that was that was quite a good show the way luke cage season two ended like they were setting up stuff for season three yeah and um as they do with all Marvel shows yeah. and movies. And though, then like... it just gets cancelled like that. So um, I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. And um, that was not the first bit of bad news because a week before Iron Fist season two got canned as well. Yeah. Well, season two came out, but then they canned any further production. Yeah. I enjoyed Iron Fist uh, season two. Season two was a damn sight better than season one but even yeah. season one was pretty good like it, it definitely didn't live up to the standards set by the other shows yeah. i found but they were very very fun if you yeah. took them standalone don't include anyone else a lot of fun and including luke cage in that made it a lot of fun as well but it made it sort of feel a bit like the marvel universe where you got uh like arrow and flash and then you've got agents of shield and a bunch of other blimmin things and they sort of arrow and flash are dc jacob yeah i clicked as soon as i said it <laughs> you know you, like you got all, all those sort of shows and then yeah. you've got to watch them in order as they're coming out so that you're not oh yeah okay yeah 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 i get what you mean yeah yeah so i wasn't entirely wrong there <laughs> 
just a bit confused and you know you got like all the marvel movies and they're coming out and then you got all the series that go with it and you can't watch past like season three episode 20 because you've got to watch the next like captain america film or something so that you can watch the next episodes and then you've got to come back and watch something else from another one and then oh god i find that makes it a lot harder whereas having a set timeline for each show instead of trying to have them run simultaneously it means that you can just watch the one that you like without losing out on a whole lot i know what you mean it's sad to see both of the shows go away, but there's been been some rumors, and uh, Netflix hasn't said anything against them, that maybe now that Luke Cage and Iron Fist are cancelled, they can produce a Heroes for Hire show with the Heroes for Hire comic. It's basically Luke Cage and Iron Fist teaming up to take odd jobs that are um, catered towards heroes in uh, New York City. Yeah, that'd be that'd be an interesting one. And I think the chemistry between the two actors worked quite well and they sort of bounced off each other quite well. So it'd be kind of cool to see if that came to fruition. And maybe we can see some of the plot threads that were left open in Luke Cage and Iron Fist being uh, dealt with in this hypothetical Heroes for Hire show. Yeah. So the fans get some of the closure. Yeah. But... It'd be interesting to also see how because i mean the the marvel netflix shows don't have much impact on the marvel movies per se no but they sort of include little nods to it like you know uh there'll be a kid on a street corner selling dvds of the incident yeah all that sort of stuff like i always found that all that they don't refer to as the alien invasion it's the incident or yeah i think it's to do with like having the um, the rights for some of the names and all that it must be it must be down to something like rights and legal censorship i found it odd because in jessica jones and as well as iron fist they mentioned the raft so they actually acknowledged that the raft that first came into public eye in um, captain america 3 is mentioned by jessica jones and iron fist yeah maybe they have the rights to some but not all yeah it'll be be interesting to see how that develops and whether or not any of the the movies take on stuff that happened in the shows or what's going to happen or whether they are not considered canon or i think they are considered canon but i think because they're like so all the characters are so um street level that it doesn't affect the grander scale of the mcu yeah that's true but what other characters do you think would benefit from a marvel netflix show i am entirely unsure i i feel like a hell of a lot that could but whether or not some of them should with my thoughts it would be ghost rider i would love to see a reboot of ghost rider Ghost Rider is already confirmed in MCU canon because yep. he appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So if they manage to do a Netflix Marvel show on Ghost Rider and actually do it properly, I think that would be like that would be up there with like Daredevil season one and three. Yeah. Done right, I feel like it would be a bit more in the vein of like The Punisher. Yeah. It would be chaotic, it would be violent, it would be graphic. 
the Punisher and uh, Ghost Rider are kind of the same character, but one deals with uh, stuff from a mortal perspective, and the other one is, well, the enforcer of uh, vengeance from hell. Yeah. I would fully think that a Ghost Rider show would be a great add to the Netflix Marvel family. Yeah. Before we get out of here, I just want to hear your thoughts on Red Dead Redemption 2. I love it, (laughs) to to put it bluntly. I haven't had much of a chance to play it yet. What I have played, I thoroughly enjoyed. The story is well written. It makes you hate the character, but also like him. You, You can definitely tell that he's not a good guy, but he's trying to be. The only way he knows how to be person for the family that he's surrounded by. He admits that he's a terrible person, but he sort of tries to do the best that he can and look after the people that he cares about. Yeah. The game's writing paints this picture as uh, people who value freedom above all else and are willing to go to the ends of the earth to protect their family, the Dutch Vanderlyn gang. While they do terrible things, you can see why they do it and the sense of camaraderie that comes with it. You just can't help but like them, even though they are bad people. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I didn't like about this is like gameplay-wise is that um, all the core mechanics now have um, a limited use, like your stamina, your hunger, your um, the clothes that you wear in an environment that you wear affects how your character reacts. And the horse things with horse health, stamina, hoof health and all that. It takes a while to get used to it, and I still feel like some of those mechanics could have been done away with, but Rockstar wanted to make it as real as humanly possible. Without being too bogged down by, oh, I can't do anything for an entire day because my horse needs to rest. It's sort of like you give it five minutes and it'll... It's it's definitely toned down from reality, but they've made it very realistic. It is more immersive, but I feel like some of them could have been done without, so I can just enjoy my havoc. Yeah. But the world is incredibly immersive. Just the um, sheer amount of dialogue that the uh, gang members have with like each other and with NPCs in the world is mind-boggling. Yeah. I got so immersed into the game that I went to to my like local dairy to buy some snacks for a big night of gaming once the game came out and I almost started talking like a fucking western accent oh <laughs> uh, you um, went way down that rabbit hole partner can you just imagine me taking some chips and like fucking coke to like the counter be like howdy ma'am came here to buy this here items hope it ain't too much trouble just having her look at me like what the fuck is he on <laughs> Uh... That would have been a sight to see, but we'll um, save our full deep dive for Red Dead Redemption 2 for the next episode, and I think we'll dedicate half of it just talking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it a wee bit of time once we've... Because there's just such a so much to sheer go amount of content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With that being said, I think we've reached the end of Nerd Nebula Episode 3. I think so. It was a fun episode to talk about. And until episode four comes out, we'll uh, catch you guys later. See you later and hail Satan.